From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, hell yes, Mr. Rob Roop. Thank you. It's me, Mike. This is Mike Davidson Lives. Thanks for downloading this latest podcast, hanging out for about half an hour as I uh, rant, rave, and sometimes have insight on a few things out there. Uh, Before I go too down the rabbit hole this time around, quick shout out to a guy, uh, one of the many influences that made me want to become a broadcaster, and that would be Bob Kavoyan of Bob and Tom fan. I remember uh, growing up on the east side of Indy listening to the Bob and Tom show uh, weekday mornings, junior high and high school. Of course, the show went on to be wildly successful, syndicated. I think he retired back in 2015, late 2015, early 2016. Uh, It's been revealed, he has revealed, that uh, right now he's battling, which is uh, something basically it's stomach cancer. Uh, and he announced it, uh, I think, on the Bob and Tom show today. Like he came out of retirement to talk with the the rest of the cast and the audience. Uh, he does have a podcast, and I'm I'm chuckling a little bit because uh, it kind of shows off Bob's sense of humor, his uh, self-effacing sense of humor. Of course, he was a former co-host of the Bob and Tom show. And now uh, he's got a podcast called the Bob and Cancer Show. And uh, he's talking about it with his wife and a, f- a friend of theirs. And it's the three of them sitting there talking about uh, what he's gone through, some of the roller coaster of emotions and uh, some of the dietary things that he's taken up, uh, some of the other things he's taken up to battle it. Now, I, I've done some uh, research uh, before the podcast started, and I think overall, if you catch it in time, uh, the survivability rate for stomach cancer is 73%. So the odds are in his favor depending on what stage he's in. But uh, certainly thoughts, prayers, good voodoo, all that stuff toward Bob's way. Um, I remember meeting him a few times as a youth because uh, they would put out uh, CDs like twice a year. Once around uh, Indianapolis 500 and another one uh, just before Christmas. Uh, just like comedy bits. And I would listen to those things ad nauseum. Um, but, uh, Bob, get better. Uh, you're certainly a big, big influence on me. Um, a, a, an unwanted influence in our house this week. Uh, last week, I was dealing with the ear infection and uh, pulled back muscle because my boy's just too damn heavy to pick up. Now it's, uh, I kept telling myself it was food poisoning, but now it's looking like stomach flu, and it hit me. Monday afternoon, my last day off before going back to work, it hit me Monday afternoon about 3.30 in the afternoon. I just got, unfortunately, I just got done dropping, uh, picking up house keys uh, from some people that were wa- house-sitting while we were out in Illinois. And then I just came home and I laid in bed for like hours, not wanting to do anything, feeling nauseous, feeling nauseous. And then I had to run the toilet. I'll spare you the details. It was not pleasant. And uh, I went to work pretty much haggard yesterday semi-haggard today i was able to eat a couple of donuts um and then i came home tonight uh with three powerade bottles uh because bubby logan now has what i've been dealing with and i feel god awful but you know the the he's downstairs he's fine he's sleeping right now but thing about stomach flu that really sucks is like i've had all sorts of colds and flus uh i've probably had pneumonia i know i've had covid Every time, no matter how ill I've been, I've been able to eat. Uh, stomach flu will not let you eat. It sucks, but. And if you're an eater like me, uh, 
yeah, no, it's it's no go. Uh, the, the nice thing about this evening, though, I got home from work and I was feeling a little better, so I had some chicken fingers and macaroni and cheese because that's what big boys eat. Uh, a couple of apples, and I just had some uh, butter pecan ice cream, which is just fantastic. So feeling better, and hopefully Bubby will feel better as well. Okay, a, a couple of media hits here. I actually got quite a few. Um you know, I, I get it. Comic book movies aren't for everybody, and I've been critical of comic book movies. I'm a big nerd. You know, I, I'm also a big fan of movies, so if you're going to make a comic book movie, make it good. MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, you know, Disney, uh, it's had mixed results as of late, but uh, what was it? The New Yorker wrote this article about how Disney Marvel has sucked Hollywood dry, and I, I'm... It, I only read basically the cliff notes of this thing because I know where this was going. Basically, it's saying it's robbing all these uh, talented actors and uh, directors of their careers so they can go and entertain the audience. And that's not necessarily true. It's not that uh, Disney has this allure that just sucks in all the talent. you got to remember, both Tom Cruise and James Cameron have not been involved, involved in uh, Marvel. Tom Cruise, wildly successful with Top Gun Maverick last year. James Cameron playing in his own little sandbox with Avatar. I, I doubt very much Kevin Feige or uh, Kathleen Kennedy is going to tell him what to do. So they don't need Disney. Uh, Chris Pratt, you know, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 this summer, uh, this earlier this spring, and it, it did pretty well. And then there was Super Mario Brothers, which just kicked ass. So, I mean, he's been a part of two big tent poles there. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, up until his dying day, yeah, he was Black Panther, but he was also Jackie Robinson and James Brown and Thurgood Marshall and was up for an Oscar. He only didn't win the Oscar because Anthony Hopkins, another guy who's been in the MCU, uh, won that Oscar. Kate Blanchett has been up for an Oscar this past year. Christian Bale, uh, Matt Damon, who appeared in the MCU, were in Ford vs. Ferrari. That was a phenomenal movie. Um... If the Marvel Cinematic Universe has had any failings as of late, it's because it's been trying to emulate artsy-fartsy, preachy Hollywood. And when they do that, it backfires. And that's why uh, that's why uh, things like The Eternals didn't quite catch on. And it was directed by the lady that did Nomadland. Oh, well, you know, she directed a movie about a woman who lived in a van. It's just going to be perfect for an obscure superhero property. They just thought this was going to translate. The problem isn't the MCU. MCU is the symptom. Like I said, you have to come up with better content, Hollywood. Of course, you're in the middle of a writer's strike right now. The The threat of AI is out there. And, uh, you know, there's other things. But you keep bitching about the MCU, okay? Also, uh, Vulture wrote a head-scratching piece talking about how The Simpsons are finally back. Season 33 and they talked about how there is an episode where Bart or Homer and Marge, they basically lived life without Bart for a day. They realized, oh, I guess he's okay. Or when Marge accidentally called Lisa fat. Or uh, Carl, one of Homer's drinking buddies, discovers his roots. And it, it, this doesn't sound like very funny stuff. You know, one of the things that made uh, The Simpsons great, uh, it wasn't the animation. It Because... Back in the day, the first 13 episodes of The Simpsons are pretty rough to watch. The uh, the, the characterizations are all off. The animation's off. Uh, but they're trying to figure things out. But you, you had James L. Brooks and Sam Simon 
and Matt Groening kind of shepherding the show, giving it a direction, giving it heart, and uh, you weren't concerned about Carl or Mo or Barney. Uh, at the time, it was very Simpsons-centric because you're still trying to figure out this family. Only in later seasons did you start to find out more about these characters. It does, and the other thing too is it, you can't say the Simpsons are back when it was a cultural phenomenon back in the '90s, and it's barely registering on anybody's radars now. And this is more like wishful thinking, like, "Oh, this is a show I wish everybody could watch, and nobody's watching because everybody's watching something else." The golden days of the Simpsons are gone, um, and. You know, it's sad because there's 200 episodes out there I can quote, like some people quote uh, the Bible or Monty Python, but there are over 500 episodes I have not watched and I don't care to watch because what's the point? The, the earlier seasons are basically the foundation for about 99.5% of all Simpsons memes out there. So there's that. Hey, uh, by the way, speaking of going back and uh, you know, this time trying to correct a mistake, uh, this week marks the 20th anniversary of the release of Metallica's St. Anger album. Boy, was that a gem. Uh, it's hotly debated because some people think the album sucks and some people think the album really, really sucks. Um, but, I mean, it, 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 to me... You know, two things come to mind when I hear this album, or hear of it, because I only listened to it once. Um, this is a band trying desperately to go back to the days of when nobody knew who the hell they were and trying to recapture that raw sound, and just weren't pulling it off because they were Metallica. Like, you know, in the early 80s, nobody knew who the hell Metallica was. By the late 90s, early 2000s, Metallica was up there on par with uh, Rolling Stones and U2. I mean, they, they could fill arenas, and people knew who they were. So for them to go back to the sound and not sound like they've evolved in any way, it, it's kind of dumb. It, it, it's not quite like uh, Kill Em All. Kill Em All was like their first album. You could barely hear what James Hetfield's singing half the time, but they had enough swagger and attitude like... Hey, we just woke up after a heavy night of drinking in uh, the same jeans and t-shirt we were wearing the night before. We're just going to get up and jam because we can. We're Metallica. You can't recapture that. And I think that's what St. Anger is trying to do. Uh, the, the second thing that comes to the mind with St. Anger, story that uh, good friend James Bennett told me once. He was in line to return something at Best Buy uh, just about a week or two after the album came out. And somebody was ahead of him trying to return St. Anger. And the dude's like, you don't understand. This album sounds terrible, man. Like, uh, you know, the vocals are muted. The guitar sounds muted. The drums sound like crap. And the audio's off. You got to do something. You need a refund. Uh, no, sir. That's that's how they recorded the album. And the guy, the guy just left the store dejected. Like, you, you told him Santa Claus wasn't real. It just... Yeah, so St. Anger, uh, 20 years on, it's it's still in everybody's memories and not for all the right reasons. Okay, um, Stanley, uh, Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah, Stanley Cup is going on. I don't know why that sounded... I, th I think I was thinking Stanley Tucci when I said Stanley Cup, which is odd because this story has nothing to do with Stanley Tucci. And it, nothing in the stack that pertains to Stanley Tucci. 
Stanley Cup's going on. Uh, Florida Panthers taking on um, the Golden Knights of Las Vegas. And you talk about a couple of hockey towns, Miami and uh, Las Vegas. Swamp versus desert. Oh, Canada. No wonder you're on fire. Um, but uh, I think, was it right now, the Panthers are up 2-0 in the series, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, one of the Miami reporters was reporting live from Las Vegas. And she's doing her best to do a very professional setup. And some obnoxious hockey guys trying to get in on the shot going, oh, this is it. but th this is a short reporter. And she handles this dude. Now, maybe because her uh, center of gravity is lower than this guy, or maybe because he's just too too damn drunk. Uh, but she pushes him. You don't, you don't even see his face. You just see kind of an arm flail. And she doesn't even break uh, her report. It's uh, it's pretty damn impressive. It's a, it's a very uh, professional GTFOH, if I do say so myself. And if you need to find out what that is, I'll let you go and Google because... Yeah, why not? You can do that while you're listening. All right, now we go from uh, pretty cool reporting to irresponsible reporting, and of course, this brings us to CNN. You know, this could bring us to any cable newser. Uh, you know, Fox News has its problems. MSNBC has its problems. CNN is uh, no nobody gives a shit about this network. And uh, I was at Chris Licht, uh, the uh, CEO, who's only been there for a year, has had to step down because uh, you know the. The staff is unhappy, and the ratings are low, and there's a magazine expose highlighting how everybody was miserable there. And, of course, you know, oh, no, he had Trump on the network. Oh, no, he didn't uh, fill in the uh, slot for a year that Chris Cuomo had. Uh, you know, he's doing great things over there at uh, News Nation or whatever the hell. And then uh, who can forget... This is the same guy that looked at uh, sourpuss Don Lemon and said to himself, now here's a guy who's got the personality to lead off and uh, and host our morning show. This was what he thought. And, of course, it's been a ratings disaster. He is out. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the general consensus among those critics is like, well, the reason why he's out is because basically the inmates run the asylum at CNN. He was basically holding them back because for a year, for for years, it seemed like when Donald Trump was in uh, was in power, uh, it was just with Zucker. He was just like, yeah, yeah, fight fight Donald Trump. This will be great news. And it's like, okay, this is getting boring. And then when Donald, you know, didn't win the election in 2020, there was nobody to you know fight, and people left the network because they were a one trick pony. And then they bring in this uh, new CEO. He's like, well, maybe we should try to make the news somewhat dignified and it just wasn't attracting any new the problem here too is is as i said with all these cable news networks is like you don't need to sit down during prime time and watch a show for an hour you really don't you never really needed to but thanks to things like twitter and google and all this other stuff you can create your own news feeds and you can find out things a hell of a lot quicker and you don't have to put up with screaming pundits. You can just sit there and go, oh, yeah, yeah, this is uh, something I hate. This is something that is stupid. Uh, but they haven't caught on to that. Uh, so now, you know, CNN's sinking. MSNBC, uh, it's basically winning a battle. Who can care less? I think Maddow won her slot not too long ago. And uh, Fox News, you know, they lost uh, Tucker Carlson. And, of course, they haven't recovered since. So... Uh, let all the sinking boats do what they're supposed to do. Okay, so 
I'm a Colts fan, and recently it's come to light that the NFL is uh, investigating another player, not involved with the Detroit, Detroit Lions, but uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Apparently, Isaiah Rogers uh, may have been doing some illegal gambling. And by illegal, I mean betting on games that he was involved in. Doesn't really matter if he was betting on uh, games that they he thought were going to win or lose. He was basically making bets where he himself was an influence. And that uh, was an e, EJ Speed linebacker for the team. <clears throat> uh, he was uh, being interviewed about it uh, locally, and he said, "Hey, look, uh, you know, I've been to some of these seminars, these sessions with the league, and their best advice to everybody is don't gamble." So my advice to everybody, and this is EJ Speed, don't gamble. <laughs> Stay out of that boat. And it makes sense. Now, I, I was easy on one of the Detroit Lions players because, you know, he's betting on college games. It's like, okay, fine. You don't really have an influence in that. But this is the sticky wicket the NFL has put itself in uh, because now online gambling is legal. There's uh, nothing to stop the casual fan to go and, uh, to bet MGM or FanDuel or... Uh, or, or any of these other fancy spot apps and just laying down bets. But now you got players doing it. And you have to lay down the law with these players while you yourself are taking mom, money from these these advertisers. Hey, yeah, look, we've got, uh, we got cash coming in from a source that we want our players to stay the hell away from. And that's kind of hard for people not to notice how hypocritical that is. I'm not saying you, you cut uh, any of these players slack. What I'm saying is maybe you shouldn't be taking money from these at, from these gambling sites. But that's not the thing that they're doing. And it, it's going to come to a head. I mean, uh, Isaiah Rogers is not the biggest player in the league by a long shot. He's not even the biggest player on a really bad Colts team. But the, th the thing here is... What happens if you get a player who is on par with, say, a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, a uh, any of these big-time quarterbacks? What if somebody like that get, starts getting involved with some of these bets? And this is the thing that they've gotten themselves in. Um, my my advice to the league is if they find Isaiah Rogers guilty, they give him the boot. He can he can go and play in uh, the XFL, the USFL. Or one of the lesser leagues, you gotta start laying the precedent down, and you need to start re-examining some of these relationships you have with these betting sites. Okay, uh, Bud Light. It didn't take long for them to no longer be the number one selling beer in the country. As you know, Dylan Mulvaney no longer cares because Dylan Mulvaney got paid. Uh, but Bud Light has been struggling as of late. Uh, I think their sales overall are down 25%. And for, but for the longest time, still, uh, with um, with the struggling sales, they were still the number one beer brand in America. As of this week, though, no longer the case. It's not even Coors. It's not Yingling. It's uh, Modelo. Modelo is now the official beer of... Um, of uh, America, it's the number one beer in America, and it's uh, imported from Mexico. Uh, it's brewed down there. I think Anheuser Busch does import it for this brewer down in Mexico, so they still get some cash, but probably not the same amount they would get from you know Bud Light, you know, here in the states. Uh, it does show an interesting shift in demographics, but uh, one has to wonder 
if uh, any of the higher ups in um, Anheuser Busch, well, I don't know how much um, creative control they have when it comes to marketing it here because it is uh, an outside brewery that uh, they bring it from. It's it's kind of a convoluted thing here, but I, I doubt you would see a Dylan Mulvaney type of ad with Modelo because uh, as as passion because it's a very passionate latino culture latina culture get latinx out of your head because uh, only white people with liberal guilt in newsrooms and award shows say latinx uh you know you gotta you gotta pretty much hit your demographic and that's what they're doing and bud light did not so modelo is now king of beers in the united states of america lesson learned you get less money there Okay, so uh, going from the uh, apocalyptic fall of Bud Light to the apocalyptic fall of New York City, and I, I alluded earlier, uh, Canada's got all these crazy-ass wildfires. And uh, we do have a little bit of a haze here in the state of Indiana, but it's not—it's it, nothing we can't get through. I mean, I, I've noticed it for a couple of days, and I really haven't been watching the news as of late. I've uh, basically just been going to work and you know eating Tums. But uh, I, I definitely noticed the, the haze in the air. I'm like, okay, something's burning somewhere. Uh, but it's not nearby because otherwise this would be a little more concentrated. And, yeah, lo and behold, there, there's a lot of wildfires in Canada and I guess a bunch up in Quebec uh, because the, uh, the weather's been so freaking dry. And a lot of it is culminating in New York City, uh, which, of course, has its own pollution problems because it's a big-ass city. Uh, but you, you see some of these uh, pictures and videos from New York. It's like, yeah, it's like the apocalypse. And uh, like, was it ABC out there? Uh, ABC out in New York said it. Uh, breathing air in New York City for 24 hours is the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. That's like a, uh, 20 cigarettes in a 24-hour span. So New York City, congratulations, I guess, your flavor country. But, okay, but... Um, you know, as this thing blankets the eastern seaboard, going into these bigger cities, which have their own pollution problems, too, that doesn't help anything. How is that uh, an inviting incentive to move out to these cities? And the answer is, it's not. It would probably be better to live in a rural area, uh, but I am just a simple caveman. Now, and f uh, caveman lawyer. And uh, if that wasn't enough, New York City now has free vending machines for Narcan, crack pipes, and lip balm because the drug epidemic is so bad out there. They want to help people do something. I don't know. I mean, Narcan, if you squint and tilt your head, okay, yeah, somebody overdoses, it comes through in a pinch. But putting this in a vending machine basically means in 15 minutes, all that shit's gone because somebody will go and hoard that shit. Uh, the next time that happens, so adios. There's there's no but there's no medic there to discern uh, who gets it and when. Somebody can go and just take it. Okay, so uh, that's gone. The crack pipe thing. Uh, I don't know if it's because well, if you smoke broken crack pipes, you'll get hepatitis or whatever the hell. Uh, never mind the fact you're still smoking crack. They're they're. <laughs> this is ridiculous. They're putting glass crack pipes. In a freaking vending machine. And then uh, the lip balm. Because even though the Narcan and the crack pipes are free. The drugs aren't. And you got to do something for them. Right? So there's the lip balm. Th this is insanity. Um, and you know. You, they're doing this. 
as their city is hemorrhaging citizens, moving out down south, out of the out of the way, out of the place. And they're doing this while they're watching San Francisco do similar things when it comes to uh, preventing drug abuse or whatever the hell they call this. I would say that the, the crack vending machine is a little worse than uh, breathing in a pack of cigarettes a day because at least as, as bad as it is in New York City right now, those wildfires will cease, that smog will go away, and things will get better. But then you'll see what's laying around you and wonder why you stayed. Yeah, priorities are a little messed up in that city. Okay, so we go on from that to a few uh, happier stories, I guess. Um, Pete Davidson, I guess I like you now. Yeah, he's kind of that weird comedian from Saturday Night Live that lives with his mom and somehow, uh, you know, as ugly as he is, gets chicks because apparently he's got a huge wing. Well, uh, I finally found reason to like him, and it's because he called... And cursed out PETA, which is awesome. Um, and I guess the the crux of the story is uh, one of the paparazzi who had nothing better to do but uh, leech off other people's private lives followed him to a pet store where he bought a dog. Took pictures, which seems harmless enough because you're thinking, okay, he's buying a pet. Uh, no, this is worse than Hitler, because uh, PETA commented, saying, well, you know, pet stores are known to abuse their animals and do things wrong, where if you uh, went out and bought a dog here and here, you're showing more love. And this is this, uh, a woman who's a spokesperson for the same organization that will euthanize hundreds, if not thousands, of cats and dogs that don't get adopted, but whatever. So she's out there besperching uh, Pete uh, Davidson, and then Pete Davidson uh, calls him and says, Hey, listen, the reason I bought this dog is because I have allergies. My mom has allergies, uh, and this dog works out best for us. And F-U-F-F-A-F-A. I got linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page if you want to read the transcript. He's since apologized for the words he said. I don't think he should because uh, twofold. One, it's none of the damn pap paparazzi's business what he does. And two, it's none of PETA's business what he does. You know, as, as long as he's not drunk and pissing on the streets, what do I care? He bought a dog, a dog that went home to a loving family that will look after him or her. I don't even know the gender of the dog. Uh, for years to come. The end. But no, PETA has to, you know, wipe their ass with everything. Okay, uh, you know, I talked a little bit how I had trouble keeping food down earlier in the podcast. Woody Harrelson, I guess he was like in some press junket, or no, uh, maybe it was George Wood. Uh, some cast members from Cheers recently got together, and they were talking about on the set how, you know, they their uh, shoots were all catered, and uh, Woody Harrelson was eating some Chinese food. And then uh, halfway through the meal, he realized that the Chinese food he was eating had pork in it, which I don't know how you missed that. That's kind of a big ingredient. It's not It's not like you sprinkle that in like pepper. It's like, you know, there's chunks of meat. Well, you know, Woody Harrelson's a vegan and a vegetarian. I don't mind that so much because he's not PETA. Um, but he, he felt real bad and he had to go and vomit this stuff up. And Ted Danson and George went decided, well, hey, if you're going to go in the bathroom and puke, we're going to go in there too. So you have three grown-ass men going into the bathroom, purging, puking, and I guess laughing. I, By the way, when I was uh, 
purging and not by choice mind you a few days ago was not laughing uh it was it was pretty brutal but these guys are doing it and i'm like this is a really weird way for co-workers to bond it really is i don't even like talking to my co-workers when i'm taking a piss let alone okay you're on your hands and knees and you're praying to the porcelain god they're doing that though and somehow this this story does not involve a drop of liquor weird uh that's on the mike davidson facebook page okay and finally wrap up with some arnold talk here Arnold Schwarzenegger, I guess, sat down for some Netflix interview and talked about how he doesn't believe in God. He's 75 years old. He doesn't believe in heaven. And he goes, hey, when, you, when you're dead, you're dead. You, you don't go anyplace. There's no magic castle in the sky. And it's really depressing. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Of course you don't because you basically said you become worm food. I can't imagine him, though, uh, giving a lot of eulogies with that mindset. Here lies Sam. He was a good man, but listen to me. He's dead. He's gone. There's nothing you can do, people. You've got to get over it. He's not Pete Moss. Pete Moss. His name should have been Pete. Sam, your name is Pete. You know, that's, that's basically Arnold right there. Uh, he also said in the same interview uh, that uh, the bad press for Last Action Hero, which was a terrible garbage movie uh left him so depressed he cried he was like in bed he was he was so shocked by um i wasn't so shocked uh, i guess he got on the phone though with james cameron and james cameron's like well what do you want to do about it man he goes i don't know i'm gonna leave in bed for a week which he did but uh later uh james uh, arnold schwarzenegger came up with an idea that he saw in france he wanted to do an american version of this particular movie so he james cameron teamed up Along with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Arnold and True Lies became a box office hit. So it was a nice little rebound. And of course, uh, the real treat in that is watching Bill Paxton play a total shit heel. He is hilarious in that. If you haven't seen the, uh, the original True Lies, go ahead and do that. And by the original, I mean the American version of the original French version. Alright, with that all said and done, I'm done. Till next time, stay fresh, cheese. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.